0: Excellent. Thank you, Kevin. Okay. We are going to
1: jump in with speed uh, so that we could get to lunch, right? All right, here we go. We're going, you, you, you know, we're going to go to John because that's where the I thirst comes from. But before we get there, I want to take you to Psalm 107. 107.
0: 107. These verses
1: helped God use to form a, 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 a world vision, an understanding. Psalm 107 and verse 8. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and for his wonderful deeds for mankind. So here's this invitation to worship, to give thanks, to praise God. And then it reads, verse 9, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. When I read this, I was in the in the journey of uh, my collegiate years and, and the transitions that that brings. And so I'm reading this verse: "Give thanks for He satisfies." And I'm literally living out this. It's like a a living parable of what this the invitation of this verse is michael keep praising me i will satisfied i will satisfy your thirst. i will take care of that that need inside of you. the thing about thirst why i think it's such a beautiful comparison with the spiritual element is that it's a, it's an itch it's a scratch it's a it's a need that none of us can fill by ourselves you're thirsty on the inside it's not like you can scratch yourself you've got an itch it's not like you, even your fingers hurting, and you can, or your toes hurting, and, or your knee, and you can hold your knee. You can't do anything about it. You have to go to an external source, a substance H two O, right, water, and you have to allow it to satisfy your need. All right, so you can immediately jump to all of those spiritual connections, right? Well, here I am. I'm in college. I've just finished uh, high school, and and. I always had this idea, you know what, if, if I could just get out of high school and, and be in college, really kind of, that would be life, right? If you could be in college and really live in life, this whole high school thing, the restrictions from your parents, restrictions from school, whatever they are, they're really kind of constricting life. I, I, I live under this umbrella of when I get, when I get out of uh, high school, I will be able to live life. So I'm I'm now in college when I read this this verse and I realize, I'm sitting there, realized it wasn't college that answered my my need. It wasn't that that satisfied my desire. What could it be? And I'm thinking through, well, you know, I'm in college, but I don't, I'm still campus bound. I I really need a car. So I buy a car. That's the answer, except it wasn't. Now this is just a, just a confession of how terribly old I am. Uh, I thought at that point, we were all still going to the computer lab for the computers. I if I could just have a laptop I'm in college, I've got a truck, I need a laptop. If I could have a laptop,
0: it would free me up. So I, I buy a laptop. Now my parents bought a laptop. And then I'm I'm drawn back to this verse. He's the one that satisfies the thirsty.
1: Laptop wasn't it. College wasn't it. A car wasn't it. What could be it? What could satisfy the itch? What could could fill my need,
0: fulfill me? I wasn't done on the search yet, so I had to go get a girlfriend. Had a car in college. Had my laptop. Got a girlfriend, and as
1: and as exciting
0: as and fulfilling as relationships are, wasn't it? And there came a point a, a point
1: of, of a crossroads with me and God in my high school and my college years that I had to come. Bow before him in recognition that he would be the only one that could really satisfy. Alright, so in that context, John chapter 19. That's of course Jesus is now on the cross. This is we started the, the big picture yesterday with the John 3:16. God did it for me. I'm his cosmos.
0: John nineteen. And verse
1: 28, some of these three words, three verses. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine and vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant and lifted it up to Jesus' lips. That whole scenario is something we're gonna talk about later this week. That's crazy. When when he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished with that. He bowed his head and gave up his spirit. I've always read, maybe you have fallen into this as well. I've always read this this, I thirst as if Jesus had been punished and and beat so badly that there came a point he just he was desperate for for some sort of
0: cooling.
1: Liquid, and so he he calls out, "I thirst." But but think about it. Now think about it. Here Jesus says, he says less than forty English words on the cross. This is the final moment. He's been preparing for this not for four days, not for four years, not for four hundred years, but for 1,000. He hasn't. This is the moment in which he is going to secure. You, You read the context after knowing that everything had been finished. Right before he cries out, it is finished. He cries out, I thirst. We've read it as if it's it's just a superficial, no, he's he's a little thirsty. No, this was it. Every demon on the planet, I believe, every demon on the planet was there at the cross. For everyone else, it was a temptation-free day. Because Satan knew all of his eggs were in this basket. So he's concentrated on the cross. He's got everybody there. They're, they are ripping Jesus apart on the inside. We've kind of read it like, like in the midst of that, Jesus realizes he's thirsty and he, he calls out. That's the way the, the little guy at the base the, the of the cross who ran and got to him. That's how he heard it. That's how some of us have heard. In 1989, if... She, I grew up in the era of Joe Montana with the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers were in the Super Bowl in 1989. They were three points down. They had the ball in their own eight-yard line. They had 92 yards to go with only three minutes left in the Super Bowl. Joe Montana, legend football player, turns to his teammate, Harris Barkley. They've got three minutes left, and they're down. 92 yards to go in the Super Bowl. And Joe Montana turns to his teammate, looking into the stands. He says, isn't that John Candy? Right before calling hike and marching his team down to win the Super Bowl. Almost this flippant, like, really? Right now? And that's how we've read Jesus on the cross, praying, I thirst, right now, Jesus? You're about to secure our eternity. Okay, and you're thirsty. It's the way we might have heard it. It's the way the little guy at the bottom of the cross might have heard it. But it's not the way the devil heard it. And I don't believe it's the way John heard it. John himself, just chapters before, in chapter 7, recorded Jesus crying out on the, the last day of the feast of the tabernacles during the water ceremony. A, a ceremony Strategically or organized, implemented by God to communicate this message of of satisfaction and solution only coming from him. So John records Jesus standing up and crying out with a loud voice. This is important. He cries out. He says, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of water. The devil knew what Jesus had said. The devil knows everything Jesus has said. John knew that. That's why John in chapter 19 says, wait a minute. Jesus just said he's thirsty. He's the one that during the
0: the feast of tabernacles and the water ceremony, he's the one that said he was the solution for our thirst. What really happened in John 19 was that the life giver, the perfect life giver, had for the
1: first time in his eternal existence, now felt a
0: need. The unfulfillment, something deep in his soul, as it were.
1: He felt. While on the cross, what we feel, this emptiness, this need for some sort of itch we can't scratch. He feels it. It's the very thing that he came to satisfy. The life giver meant to give us the filling life. I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. That's the life giver. But the life giver is now hanging on the cross. And he is now dying. The life just hear the irony, the life giver, the very fountain of life. He did not inherit life, he was not created.
0: He is now experiencing death, the separation of life for the first time in eternity. And on the cross, Jesus feels what we feel. What's caused it? It's sin.
1: And that's why Jesus hanging on the cross experiences this this deep need in his soul. I'm thirsty. I need
0: that living water. He is there in place of me. The call that he extended during the Feast of Tabernacles is a call that
1: he's kept extending. Are you thirsty? Is there something deep in your soul that you an itch you can't scratch, a satisfaction you can't provide for? Wherever you go and whatever you have? It's the chase that we all are on. If I just have a better, if I just have more, if I just can change this, if it just
0: more different. The constant search of satisfaction. It doesn't matter. If you're poor or rich, we're on
1: this hunt, this search. I want to be fulfilled. I want to be satisfied. And so we, we try to fill it with relationship, with things. Hey, get me a laptop. Okay, now get me a better laptop. Except today it's now give me a phone. Get me a better phone. Oh, if only I had the upgrade. My life would be satisfied. Guys, we chase these phones. As if
0: just the next one will finally be the answer. Jesus says, as Psalm declared prophetically, no, no, praise
1: God, only, only him, because he's the one, he's the only one that will satisfy your thirst. The question you have of, there's something more to life, there's something here. That's what Jesus is talking about. I am the satisfaction to that question. So the invitation goes out, and it keeps going out. The cry from that te- the temple steps, I will satisfy your thirst. He keeps crying it out. He keeps crying it out as loud as he can. Our homes and our classrooms and our hearts.
0: And check it out. He never stops crying it out. Revelation
1: chapter 21. Now, who wrote Revelation? John, the, the very one who's trapped with us so far. John 7 and then John 19. Hey, guys, there's, there, there's something here. Jesus is, the, is offering us this, this water that, that satisfies the, the craving, the, the, the need in, inside of our hearts. He's offering that and then he points to the cross. Look, he knows that feeling because he took on that feeling. It's the Isaiah prophets. He bore our griefs. He knows our sorrows. He's been there. John sees Jesus on the cross crying out, I thirst, and recognizes that as much more than just a superficial, oh, I need a little H2O. no. That's a prophetic cry. I am now carrying your emptiness. You don't have to be empty anymore. I'm carrying your emptiness right here on the cross. That void,
0: that lack, dissatisfaction, unfulfillment, whatever. I've got it. John says he never stops extending this invitation. Revelation
1: 21, verse 5. That he who sat on the throne, ah, wow, love this, says, "Behold, I make all things new." And he said to me, "Write these words, for these are true and faithful." Verse six. And he said to me, "It is done." He heard that cry from the cross as well. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. Do you hear the cry from the cross? It's not for Jesus at all. He, it's not for his, his part, mouth, or throat. It's not at, at, at all about that. Jesus is hanging on the cross moments from securing our eternal salvation and forever giving an answer to the great controversy. He's moments away from that. He's not concerned with himself. He never has been. For 4,000
0: years, he's been prepared to hang on that cross for me and for you. so the invitation, Jesus extends in John 7, and then it's repeated
1: through the ages, echoed down through the corridors of time. And in Revelation, John
0: records that Jesus is still offering the invitation. Come on. Let me be your fulfillment. Let me be that water of life. I'll pour it into you. It's a fountain. Limitless. I'll pour it into you and I'll pour
1: it into you freely. Don't keep buying, don't keep searching for the right relationship. Oh, it creeps its ugly, ugly head up all the time. Michael, Michael,
0: if you just if you just had, if you every commercial is bent on convincing me. That if only, then I'd be happy. I'd be fulfilled. No, the cry from the cross is one who took that emptiness. Took that and is now offering to to, to fill where I can't reach. I I was flying. I was living in Philadelphia and I was flying to... Indianapolis, to do a youth conference. And so I,
1: I'm in my, I I, I land, I I think it was less than an hour, maybe 45 minutes before I was supposed to be at a hotel to speak. Super tight, so I was dressed, ready to go up front. I'd stayed up late the night before, was weary. And I get in, in, in the plane, I made a practice. I always got a cup of ginger ale. So the flight attendant came by and handed out ginger ale. I was in the window seat
0: and uh, I'm holding my ginger ale and I doze off. And then
1: there's that thing you know, that thing that happens when you doze off? Mm-hmm. The thing that's embarrassing. You try to play it off because you're scratching your neck or you, you're really just kind of looking around. You know that involuntary jerk uh, that happens with your hands or your head or your, if something, uh, and it happens when you're sitting in class or, or church, hand goes up. You know, don't act like you don't know because it happens to everyone. And It's the funniest thing to watch. It's not funny to have it happen. Sitting there in the plane, and I, had a, I don't know how long I was in
0: Never Neverland. But at some point, I realized that I did that. I think my was just moved. And I
1: thought nothing of it until there was a, a very gentle cooling sensation in my lap. I looked down and the entire contents of my cup. It's now in my lap, it's like a little, just a little pool. Why well, do what every sane person would do? I stand up, which takes what was in my lap into my seat. Uh, I'm in the window seat. Of course, the uh, overheads there, and the guy sitting next to me is is he's now awake. Awake. I can't sit back down because it's now the little puddle is there, and uh so, I'm kind of bumping my head. I've just woken up. So it's really one of those moments where you're just like, well, we get some of the attention of a flight attendant and they start bustling up and up and down the aisle. And and I become the guy that an entire plane is thankful that they're not sitting next. to. I'm standing there. I can't sit back down. There's not a, it's, it's not like today you don't have other empty seats. You just move around. to. you I'm, I'm stuck. Everybody else is kind of looking at the guy sitting next to me going, oh man, I'm sorry. You got, uh, there's every, always, you know, uh. and all. I, I want to get on the, on, on the public address system and just let everybody know I'm a pretty normal guy. I hold down a job, I, I own a car, I own a house. And this is the first time this has
0: happened to me because everybody is thinking, there, huh? there's that guy. <laughs> they get some towels and some napkins and, and pad
1: my seat a couple of inches and I'm forced to sit back down and buckle up in a seat that's got like a diaper. You now I realize... I realize that I'm that guy.
0: I don't get a look sideways. I'm the one. I'm the one that everybody's looking at. Everybody's thankful. and mm-hmm. they're ex- exchanging knowing glances, but I'm that one. I'm not. I'm not the one on the flight into Indianapolis. Why was it that?
1: I'm that one in need of Jesus. It's not everybody else. It's not a praise God. The world, the world needs, they're thirsty out there. They're hopeless and helpless and lost, and they need the water of life. I'm the one. I'm the one that's hopeless and helpless and thirsty. I'm the one that needs the water of life. And there's two things that happen. One, that we read this superficially, and it's just Jesus. He needs a little water. Or two, that we say, wow, that's powerful. He's the solution. He's the water of life. On the cross, he took my boy, and is now offering something fulfilling, something satisfying to me. But then we read it as if it's everybody else, or the people we serve, or the people that are in class with us, or the people that we Related to it. it's everybody else. It's the
0: world. What I'd like to invite you to do is read it the way it was meant to be read.
1: When Jesus cried out, I thirst, he was talking to me and he was talking to you. He said, I, I'm thirsty. I'm taking, I'm taking that need from you. I'm bearing your burden now. I want you to now take my water. I want you to take my satisfaction. Let
0: me fill you. And it's fitting. It's fitting that he would use water.
1: Two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. Hydrogen, the most abundant element in the universe. Oxygen, the most abundant element on this planet. H2O is offered in absolute abundance. I've got enough for everyone, he says. But I'm talking to you today. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Not the world. For God so loved the cosmos. But when he said that, he was speaking to one man. You mean the world to me. And the water that I'm offering is just for you. Come on, you can buy another car. You can get another phone, upgrade your iPad. Those are all fine, but they're not going to scratch the ditch.
0: They're not going to do it. You can chase it, go into debt if you need to. Psalm 107 and verse 9 says, For he, for God alone,
1: the life-giver, the the fountain, is the one that satisfies our thirsty souls. So why not? Why not hear that cry from
0: the cross as one for you? Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus, for loving me, making me your cosmos. Now, let it be that I would hear it the
1: way you meant to, to cry it, Jesus. You cried it for me. For every other me in this planet, on this planet, absolutely. But today, you cried it for me. I will be your water. Fly. I will be the fountain that fills you. I'll give it to you freely. I'll give it to you abundantly. I will fill you. I will satisfy you. I will be everything for you. Just let me be